I got questions from the things they didn't tell us to the stuff we still don't know. All the lies they concocted, I'm discovering answers and I'm letting you know. I got questions. I won't be held down. I got questions. And yes, the answers will be found. Oh yeah, I'm asking because I want to expand my mind. You can call me nosy, but I bet these answers I'ma find. My inquiry leads to what discovery? So come on and get some answers with me. Hey, this is Charlene Akua Rose Feather saying what's up to my melanated family and our allies. And welcome to I've Got Questions, the podcast where we have real conversations about house business, old wives' tales, flat out lies, and misconceptions. I'm a coach, a speaker, and a motivational teacher, and I'm sharing these conversations to empower you so you can move intentionally in your purpose. Sometimes I'll invite company over, and other times you get to hear from me. But either way, we're going to get these questions answered, y'all. And the question for today is... What are the other parts of forgiveness? So... This episode is inspired by the recent attention that has been uh, given to this topic after a family uh, offered forgiveness uh, following a legal proceeding. And I won't go into details, one, because you already likely know uh, who I'm talking about. Um, look up Botham Jean. If you don't, I'm going to say Botham's name. Um, but I won't go into specifics because I don't want to give the impression that I'm talking specifically about this instance. This is um, a response to the issue that's raised, I'm, but it, it's, a, it's a reaction rather to the issue that's raised and it's not a response to the family. That family has their right to proceed in any way that works for them. They get to do whatever they choose, whatever works for them. So I'm not responding to them. I'm not directing this at them. Uh, This is my reaction to the issue that's raised around forgiveness. So when topics like this come up, I have to be honest to say that I have trouble balancing my blackness with my compassion. I struggle to balance those two because they they are who I am. And unlike some people who believe that, you know, you know, they, their belief system comes first and then their cultural identity, you know, follows, I don't necessarily ascribe to that uh, particular uh, way of, of thought. I, I am all of who I am all the time in tandem, um, <laughs> always. And so there's no way I could say, oh, this part of me is... Uh, is first and then this one is second and then third and so on and so forth all of me is all of me and so when these situations come forth uh, or you know come to the the limelight because they're always happening I find it to be a struggle for me to balance all the parts of me because they're in they're in conflict there's a part of me that is compassionate there's a part of me that is able to see the best in even the worst people. There's a part of me that's able to desire for the best, even for the worst people, even folks who have harmed me greatly, even folks who have harmed me knowingly, and even folks who have you know, done uh, unspeakable and unthinkable things. Um, there's a part of me that genuinely um, hopes that 
things work out for them so that they can be healed and stop harming others. But I do, you know, hope for good things for those people. I'm not the kind of person who, if you harm me, I'm sitting back watching for you to get it back. Like, I'm not that one. That's why when people try and comfort me and say, that's all right. You know, what goes around comes around, they're going to get there. That's not comforting to me. I'm not sitting up waiting for you to get yours. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's that part of me. And then there's also this part of me that is an African-American woman. I'm a black woman. I have, you know, whatever label, I don't really, again, ascribe to labels, but because I got to communicate, I got to use them. So, you know, whatever. But culturally speaking, in terms of my racial identity, um, one of my uh, descriptors would be someone from, you know, Afri of African descent who is in America living with the, um, the, the, the oppression and the pain and the, um, you know, har har harmful realities of being a black woman. And I'm, I'm watching these different things happen to different members of my community. They are of my community, even if I've never met them before. They're of my community because we share uh, a portion of our racial identity, a portion of our racial identity. And, you know, the truth of the matter is, while I'm sitting here acknowledging the intersections of my racial identity, when we present in America, all they see is black. So you could be, you know, black from some island. You could be black from some other continent. You could be black, from, but all they see is your skin because you just black. And I wrestle with that side, that part of me, when I hear these conversations about forgiveness come up, when I hear them come up in situations, in legal proceedings where, you know, family, the, the, the person who harms somebody in their family goes to jail and then the family member writes them letters and comes and visits them and keeps them company. I'll be like, okay. All right, I wrestle those parts. I, I, I have trouble balancing um, my blackness with my compassion. I have trouble balancing my sense of, uh, of justice, you know, desired and needed with my sense of uh, love and, and respect and, and things of that nature. So I struggle because so many times in this instance, black people are called upon to uphold this standard of being forgiving when we've been wrong. And that responsibility is not uh, 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 given to the other side. That responsibility is not expected of the other side. Black people are the ones who hold that responsibility and we hold it alone. And then when something like this happens, it's held up as the standard that we're all to, you know, ascribe to, we're all to reach for, we're all to aim after. And the conversation is imbalanced. That is why the question of this episode is what's the other part? What, what other parts come with this? It's an imbalanced structure. There's rarely a message to the person who did wrong about their responsibility. There's rarely a message to them we uphold, oh, look, you know, they forgiving, they making cookies for the person who, you know, beat them upside the head. They're, you know, doing all these different wonderful things. It's so awesome. And we hold them up like the model and the standard. But I'm listening for the conversation that talks about the responsibility of the wrongdoer. And I ain't hearing it. I am simply not hearing it. We applaud this person who's doing all of these great quote unquote things in terms of showing their forgiveness, 
but where's the conversation to the one who did the wrong? There is even not a conversation that I, I don't hear it. I'm saying I don't hear it about the opportunity for the person who was wrong, about the opportunity for them to seek after their healing, to go after their healing and to be healed. We immediately jump to forgiveness and leave the rest to the wind. Where's the other parts of the conversation? Because I know for me, the process, it's different. This is not a static um, uh, process, but one of the things that I've found is that when I've been wrong, forgiveness is not my first go-to. My first go-to is to take care of myself. Imagine if somebody walked up to you and hit you with a baseball bat, okay, and then ran away. Now, some of us, our first reaction would be to chase after them and beat their you-know-what. But your first thing, your first goal after beating them up or maybe trying to is to take care of that place where they hit you. You're hurting. If something is broken, you'll need attention. If something is bleeding, you'll need attention. If something is bruised, you'll need attention. Our first priority, our first opportunity is to heal. Our bodies immediately start that process. Once we get hit, our cells and all that stuff. Now, I'm not a, I'm not the person who knows all of this stuff, but I know that our bodies are amazing. And whenever there's a, 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 a breach somewhere, whether it's a cold or, you know, something being, we're hit, our bodies immediately jump into, okay, where's the pain? Okay, what's the situation? What do we need to do? How do we address this? How do we fix this? Our bodies do that naturally, but yet we tell ourselves to go against the natural grain and eventually, and we're supposed to initially go and, and offer forgiveness. I'm going to go take care of you first and forgive you so that you can feel the relief of the forgiveness. And then afterwards, I'm going to do whatever I need to do for myself, which is not discussed. It ain't even brought up. We don't even talk about it. So people don't aren't even aware in many events, in many cases, that there is a process of healing. We just go and we apply the forgiveness and we think, boom, done, situation over. But then going forward, we there's discomfort, there's 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 unrest, there's dis-ease, there's pain, there's sorrow, there's hurt. And we try to figure out where it's coming from. It's coming from all that forgiveness you gave without giving yourself a chance to heal. The space where you're trying to find it, what what's hurting, what's wrong? It's, this is the reason why you could be watching a show about something and break out into tears. This is the reason why you can hear a news story of something happening to somebody and just feel immediately overwhelmed with this sorrow, this deep, deep, heavy sorrow. Because those emotions, those things that you never dealt with have been triggered. Somebody pressed a button of a pain point that you never addressed because you were so quick to put the blanket of forgiveness down and you didn't turn to yourself and give you what you needed. This is where I struggle. This is where I'm saying, what's the other part? What's the rest of the conversation? I don't care where you sit on the continuum of when to offer forgiveness and how quick and why it's important and forgiveness is you know, for you more than it's for the person. Who, I don't care about none of that stuff. I'm talking about open the conversation up. Balance that bad boy out. Open it up so that we're talking about the whole story. And what's crazy is, what's crazy is a lot of people will 
uh, apply scripture about why we got to forgive and forget the fact that when we, you know, when people are invited to to be forgiven by God, we got to ask for it. That's what they say. That's what they tell you. We got to ask for it. We got to do some sort of acknowledgement, some sort of, 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 of saying, yep, that's my bad. I did that thing and I shouldn't have. Like that's what we teach and preach and all of that stuff. But then when it comes to somebody else doing us wrong, we got to give them forgiveness, acknowledgement or not. I don't care where you fit on that continuum. That's fine. I'm just saying balance the conversation out. Open it up so that it talks about all of it. Because yes, forgiveness is a beautiful, powerful thing. And there's other parts to that. And in some situations, forgiveness might be my first go-to. And in other situations, I may need to make sure that I am safe first. Because the, the, the danger is that this uh, topic of forgiveness doesn't just sit in racial relationships and racial relations. It expands to our relationships with other people in our you know romantic relationships, family relationships, friend relationships, work relationships, wherever we are, this conversation expands there. And so we take that mindset of just quickly offering forgiveness everywhere we go. So when we're harmed by a loved one, boom, we we offer forgiveness. But we don't take the time to heal. We don't take the time to make them understand their responsibility to change some stuff. Do be better. <laughs> Do something different. Quit doing that. When someone is harmed, the person who does the harming jumps to you supposed to forgive, especially if you're, you know, in the church. Especially if you're in the church. They look at you funny if you talk in the way that I'm talking. They look at you with a big heavy side eye. If you talk in the way that I'm talking. Even though I'm saying I don't care where you fit on that continuum, open the conversation up. But they look at you with the side eye because forgiveness is the standard. It's the expectation. You don't get to you don't get to uh, to have these experiences and have that conversation and say, you who did wrong have a responsibility as well. I'm going to just give you this forgiveness and then you can go on continue to hurt other people the way you hurt me because ain't nobody holding you accountable. And when somebody does try to hold you accountable, now they the bad guy, but you the one over here harming people. When we go back to the conversation of it being you know, within racial relations, some people say, and actually, actually, it this applies to all the places where this topic um, can go to, because some people say that the error, this error in teaching, like only teaching the part about forgiveness, is one aspect that keeps that keeps hurt and harm, you know, racism, abuse, toxicity, um, gaslighting. Teaching this is what keeps that going, because nobody's holding the offenders responsible. And the offenders are sitting back. Where my forgiveness at, though, homie? Eh, oh, but oh, but you supposed to forgive me. Where that's at? Nobody's having the conversation. Nobody's having the conversation to hold the offenders accountable. 
And so this keeps those cycles of harm and again, all those other things, it keeps those harmful cycles going because they know they harm you. You get to hold the brunt of the responsibility to offer forgiveness and they get to go off, quote unquote, scot-free. They get to go off scot-free. Now I'm going to say this again. I'm going to say this again. It is not my intention to say that Botham Jean's family did something wrong. This is not a response to them. It is a reaction to the topic that is raised because of what the news showed them, showed of them. Each person as they go through, because I understand that people have different ways to do what they do, right? For some people, forgiving is what they need in order to start their healing process. For some people, right, forgiving is 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 a part of the healing process. Like they can't move forward until they offer forgiveness. And if that's your bag, that's your bag. But then the question becomes, what is forgiveness? What does that mean? What does that look like? What is it? What is forgiveness? Is it is it is it simply just a declaration or a proclamation? I forgive it's thou, you know, thou are forgiven. I hug you, I high five you, I bake you cookies, I write you letters. You are forgiven. I act nice around you. I laugh when you come around. I still sit with you at the table, or maybe I don't. But I, what is forgiveness? If that's if that's the process, then what is that? And I don't. I'm not interested in hearing like those little cliches that we come up with. That, that's real cute and quirky. I'm not interested in that. What is forgiveness? What is it? If that's a part of a healing process, if that's what's required in order for a healing process to start, what does it look like? Because I know that. One of the reasons why in, in, in certain situations I need to uh, process and, and, and start my healing process first, one of the reasons why is because it's some feelings that come up and I got to deal with that. I got to process that. So if I'm quick to offer forgiveness to you and then I start my healing process, what am I going to do two weeks, three weeks, four months down the line when I see you somewhere and I start feeling that, that weird warmth in my belly? I start feeling my heart uh, uh, racing, like it starts speeding up. What do I do with that? What, how do I define and understand what that thing is doing? Because in my mind, I've forgiven you. Forgiven is this, forgiveness is like this elusive um, term that we use to describe something that we don't really know what it is. I want to know what it means. What is it? Because when I see somebody who's harmed me or hurt me, and if I've not taken the time to process, my heart starts racing and I get that warm feeling in my belly. I don't know what that is either. So now I'm conflicted because now I'm walking around thinking, oh, but I thought I forgave. Maybe I didn't forgive. Well, I wouldn't have to have that wrestling match on the inside of myself if I would take time to sit down for a minute and experience the pain of what I felt when you hurt me, when you harmed me and then process that and then get to the place where I can begin to see you as a human. And begin to see you as an individual who has the same, you know, you got flaws like I got flaws. You got, you know, uh, all that stuff. We just, we as human, we both the same kind of human. We both human, maybe not the same kind of human, but we both human. And we got the same, you know, basic structure, same need for compassion and for love and all of that stuff. I got a process in order to get to the place where I can see you like that. Because when the initial offense happens, you're just that person who hurt me. You're the monster that hurt me. 
shrugs shoulders. So if I don't process that, but I offer you forgiveness, what do I do with those feelings and those thoughts? What is forgiveness? We got to open up this conversation and stop putting people up like they're the pinup model of something just because of the choice they made. They made that choice. Great. Awesome. That's amazing that they're able to make that choice. Then when we start having those conversations, instead of putting them up as the model, allow the conversation to be had. Open up the conversation so that people can explore what could work for them. I'm not going to try to make you be like them. I'm not going to try to make you be like somebody else. I'm not going to try to make you be, I'm, what, what works for you? Let's dialogue about that. Let's talk about that. And then when things come up that may not be helpful to the communities that we're a part of, you know what I'm saying? In that dialogue, in those spaces, because we've opened the conversation, then we can talk about those things. Okay, so you're saying that they hurt you and now you want to go, you know, shoot them up. Okay, well, let's talk about that. How can that be, you know, harmful to the community? How can that put you in the same position that they're in? How can that flip the script? What can that do? Tell me how that would help you. And let's maybe come up with another, you know, option or whatever. And maybe not leading it that way. But I think, I hope, y'all get my point. Opening up the conversation as opposed to saying, this is the way you're supposed to do it. Plain blank, period, end of story. That's not fair. I think it is unfair it is unjust, it is imbalanced to make it the responsibility of the offended to offer things that hasn't even been requested, to offer things that haven't even been acknowledged are needed. I think it's irresponsible to make that the offender's job. I think it's irresponsible to have that conversation with the offender and then put a period on it and close the book. I think it's irresponsible because what we do is we leave people with all of these uncomfortable feelings and all of these, you know, <laughs> uh, 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 struggles and conflicts. We leave people to deal with that alone. And when they struggle with those things, then they begin to question their themselves. They begin to, to question their own humanity. Am I not a good person? Am I not a good person? quote unquote Christian? Am I not a good, you know, whatever? Because I, we leave them struggling and wrestling with those questions because we didn't open up the conversation. No, we set up a, a model and walked away and said, be that. And if you ain't that, shame on you. Well, I say shame on those of us who have the conversation one-sided because there are several, and I raised a couple of issues and I acknowledge that there are many, many more. I acknowledge that there are many, many more. And I don't profess to have all of the answers. I'm telling you what my perspective is. And I'm also telling you though, that we gotta open up the conversation. We gotta open up the conversation. We have to stop creating this narrative of quote unquote, decency and, and rightness and stop expecting the offended to jump to the responsibility in this space. 
healing. Healing can happen when we open the conversation. Oppression happens even within different groups. Oppression happens when we insist that one way is the one way and that's the only way. And if you do it any different than that, then you're not a decent human being because now you are calling upon the person who was hurt and harmed to suppress the pain and the emotions that they're feeling and to not give it any any language and to not give it any space to, to be processed and understood, but to instead oppress it out of fear that they are not that decent human being that you are coercing them to be. 